0: Doctors don't have a clear understanding of it.
1: It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people.
0: This is a major pain.
1: Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and I'm joined once again by my lovely partner, Miss Andy Elhadif. Andy, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Jesse. Good to be here.
1: (laughs) So we've actually recorded a bunch of episodes for the Patreon, but we haven't done a main podcast feed episode together in a while
0: yeah that's true
1: so it feels like we've done this a lot but we haven't
0: right okay (laughs) wow whoa
1: the last time you were on the main show was when we talked about our tahoe trip
0: oh my gosh yeah Yeah. wow well that was back in june (laughs)
1: yeah so how are you welcome back
0: thank you i'm doing pretty good yeah i'm doing really well actually um yeah do do you want to should i give an update on my Health stuff?
1: Sure, why not?
0: Okay, well, um, thanks to the podcast, um, I actually got recommended for a new endocrinologist. Thank you so much to Sydney, who actually wrote in because of the podcast and hearing my episode about um, pituitary adenoma and intrusive thoughts, and um, actually lives in Seattle and was seeing an endocrinologist who she really liked and just said, hey, I like this doctor. Check her out if you're interested. And I did. And I had an appointment with her. And I also got on a medication. I think we spoke about this in the episode, but there are basically two medications to treat a prolactinoma. And the first one I tried and it didn't it had really bad side effects for me and wasn't very effective. And the second one is supposed to typically for most people have more side effects and be even less effective than the other one. And so I was hesitant to try it to begin with. And anyway, through a series of (laughs) choices and journeys, I ended up on it and it worked for me and it's working for me and my prolactin numbers are going down which is something i never dreamed would really happen because i was sure that if the other medication didn't work this one wouldn't and yeah it's really exciting and i feel so grateful um yeah just to be making progress and yeah
1: yeah it's kind of, it was kind of unbelievable at yes, first yeah it was
0: know? it totally was
1: and, and you're still in the midst of this journey yes, so we don't know yes. where it's going but the yeah. fact that it's it turned it turned around it like you turned
0: it did and i want to say i do want to say that it was my previous doctor who recommended trying this so i don't want to be like i changed doctors and suddenly everything changed but even despite the fact that this thing worked i didn't want to work with him yeah uh, it, we just didn't connect it wasn't he wasn't a bad doctor he wasn't you know
1: it's been a huge difference
0: yeah just in my experience the way she explained things to me and showed me um, my scans and all kinds of things. It just, it was a better fit for me. And it's not a quality remark on that other doctor, but I just, again, it's another reminder to like really seek out doctors who you get along with and who you feel heard by and who you can understand and communicate well with.
1: Yeah. Your new doctor, you were telling me how your new doctor showed you your scans yeah. and you'd never seen them. No, You no. didn't know a couple of things about your yeah, pituitary, the growth pneumonia.
0: pattern, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. things
1: that you should have known. Yeah, that had happened under the old doctor's care. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled that you yeah. have a new doctor. Things are going in the right direction right now.
0: Yeah, it's great. And
1: yeah, so Sydney, thank you so much thank for writing you. in. This,
0: You're awesome. This was
1: a email that we got months and months and months ago. Yeah, and just really made a huge difference in Andy's life. It so did thank you. It did. Um. Yeah, and you know we're doing this episode today. Uh, I, I have some updates about my health, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I, why I invited Andy here so we could sit down and talk about it. Um, I did not get a diagnosis. Um, (laughs) we'll get into it, but I also, I didn't have the mental bandwidth this week to really focus in on someone else's story and, you know, give that the honor it deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just asked Andy if we could record an episode and just kind of update everyone on what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a uh, satisfying ending <laughs> uh, because the end of this is going to be I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to give you guys some of the information mm-hmm. and um, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't even know what's next so you know we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah. uh, before we do a couple of things I have to say always at the beginning of every show thank you so much to our Patreon community everyone supporting the show on Patreon I appreciate you all so much um, and thank you to our Patreon producers Steve Cavanaugh Chris Fowler Ensign Q and Trish O'Brien for helping to make this show possible today um, you know I, I still have no income besides what's coming in from content creation <laughs> and it is so incredibly appreciated yeah I have not heard back yet on my disability appeal, but I'm almost sure I will be denied. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, because I'm not getting a diagnosis right now, it's like, wow, I'm really going to have to do this thing. I'm going to have to gear up for a fight, get a lawyer, and go after that disability Mm -hmm. uh, a third time. Mm -hmm. So... All the, all the support coming in from the Patreon community is appreciated more than ever. Thank you all so much. Yeah. Um, and also, of course, as always, please do not take any action based off what you hear on this podcast without first consulting a medical professional. Uh, we are not medical professionals. We're just no. here to- as patients talking about our experience. Yep. Um, and I also have a comment from the website that I wanted to share before we get into my stuff this week. So our episode with Janelle about, uh, about complex regional, regional pain syndrome a few weeks back really touched a nerve. People experiencing having their medication taken away, having their chronic pain uh, ignored by doctors mm-hmm. and having their pain management basically, you know, thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. So we got a new uh, comment on the website that I wanted to share. Uh, this is from Southern. It says, I've been in pain management for 17 years. I was living in one state, and the pain management doctor was great. I was on 120 milligrams of morphine. I got married to a lady in another state and relocated there. The trip back to my pain doctor was far too costly, so I went to a doctor close to our home. I was immediately taken off the morphine and put on 60 milligrams of Norco. I went through withdrawals, and it took me months to get used to the Norco. My pain level went from a 3 out of 4 to a 7 out of 8. My condition has rapidly worsened. I developed severe spinal stenosis in not one but four areas of my back, as well as having several more degenerative discs. Mm. I had a lot of arthritis in my neck. The stenosis caused a burning numbness in both legs and feet, all the way up to my waist sometimes. I was scheduled to see a back surgeon to try and lessen the numbness and pain through surgery. The last MRI on my low back, they have seen a mass in my left kidney the size of a tennis ball. We have put on hold the neurosurgeon until we know what that mass is. A biopsy is scheduled in a week. I have been rapidly tapered from 60mg of Norco to 40mg per day. I have gone from 120mg of morphine to 40mg of Norco in the span of 2 years. My pain is unmanageable. I used to have a very active life on the morphine. I lost 70 pounds while I was on it due to eating right and getting active. My weight was less than when I graduated high school at 178 pounds. I now weigh 190 pounds. All I can do is lay on the couch or in the bed. I have no quality of life anymore. It is criminal what the powers that be are doing to chronic pain patients. Mm. In my opinion, we should be able to sign a waiver, not holding the doctors responsible if we overdose or develop anything else from the opioids, because daily severe chronic pain is no life. My marriage has suffered. Our home needs work, but um, I am unable to do it on my current dosage. Mm. Southern, thank you for writing in. It's this story over and over where changing laws around opioids has taken away people's quality of life mm-hmm. and it's just so it's so deeply upsetting you know yeah. I, was, I was listening to a podcast this morning the always sunny in philadelphia podcast it's you know <laughs> it's a comedy show that i've been watching for years and years yeah. and one of the actors on the show said that he just got into a skiing accident and he broke his clavicle i think he said mm. and he really struggled to get pain management He couldn't even get pain management for a broken clavicle, so he was in ridiculous pain. Yeah. And it's just like, what is going on? Like, (laughs) what is going on, you know? I understand that the fear is that if you give people pain management, they will become addicted to it. Sure, sure. For short-term pain, they're just... Asking people to suffer through it instead of, you know, giving them a taste of what pain management feels like. Mm -hmm. But then for chronic pain patients, it's become next to impossible to get proper pain management. And it's terrifying. As someone who is in chronic pain, it's absolutely terrifying to me. And, you know... I am just so I feel so lucky that I am in a state where cannabis products are legal and that that helps me with my chronic pain. Yeah. But I'm also terrified. Like the the research hasn't been done to know what long term cannabis use really does to people. Mm. I just look at Snoop Dogg and I say he seems okay. He you looks know? great. He looks he <laughs> looks happy and healthy and and at ease. And
0: he's performing at the Super Bowl like a rock star and so. doing a really
1: bang yeah, job. So
0: you know I think so, so far the research is yeah yay. What
1: I've learned from life is do. <laughs> Do as Snoop Dogg. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah.
0: That's that's the lesson.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At, at least when it comes to uh, cannabis use. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs>
1: anyway, um, it's very upsetting, and <laughs> yeah, I,
0: uh,
1: I just you know, it's it, we don't need another thing to worry about. No. we don't need to. We don't need to be fighting against doctors all the time just trying to get pain management. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a horrible thing and I will Terrible. continue to share stories of people whose lives have been affected because, yeah. you know, I, I, it's not that I'm saying that I have the answers, it's that I'm saying that what we have done is wrong.
0: Yeah, and I also, just listening to that, really hear the part about how um, Southern's relationship is suffering and yeah. how chronic pain can really isolate people. It can make folks in your life not know i think actually in cammy and evan's episode cammy talked about this like Mm -hmm. people don't know how to deal with someone else being in chronic pain and or you know it can build distance and friendships and it can if you can't show up consistently when you make plans it can and so and also on like personal level for sure your most important relationships are very affected and you know um yeah, Jesse and I have done a lot of work through working through the issues, but um, I can I I just really empathize with how when you're already hurting so badly to then have it affect your support system is yeah. is really hard.
1: And to be in pain and to have no relief and to have no idea if relief is mm. ever even coming. Yeah, it just it really makes it worse yes it makes it so much worse right and having something in your back pocket that can give you some relief is so important totally using it responsibly is equally as important yeah but we need to at least have the option of using it responsibly (laughs) yes you know yes not having the option to even try is is so incredibly deflating for someone who's in chronic pain yeah yeah you know i yeah I just, I, it really, it really bothers me. It really bothers me. And totally. it it's something that I'm hearing more and more and more. Mm. It's just, this problem has gotten so much worse mm-hmm. uh, because the the response to the opioid epidemic is to take all of it away from anyone who needs it. And that yeah. is just so, such a backwards way of doing it. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I felt the difference over and over about how sometimes you're in so much pain, you can't function. And mm-hmm. then if you have pain management, either through, you know, I I used to take Tramadol and then I switched to cannabis uh, because my doctors all really encouraged that and they weren't allowing me to have Tramadol anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And luckily, like I said, for me, that works. Uh, But having an option is, it just helps me to feel better overall emotionally knowing that i don't have to be in pain all the time yeah that i or i mean you know even if i am in pain all the time i can turn the level down yes i have the option of turning that level down sometimes giving my nervous system a break yeah uh and just to to have the technology to do that and not allow it is insane
0: Ugh, awful
1: yeah anyway thank you for writing in i you know, it it means a lot for me to hear from people. So I always mm-hmm. appreciate that. If mm-hmm. you ever want to write into the show, mm-hmm. you can find my email, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on any episode of the podcast on our website, yep. majorpainpodcast.com. Yeah. And I always love seeing new positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts.
0: Yeah. We've been
1: hovering at twenty-five for a while. I'd love to see a new review come in. If you have not let us a positive rating and review, yeah. uh please do so. Yeah. And then you can now also leave ratings on Spotify.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I got access to new analytics about the podcast mm. this week, and like forty five percent of our listenership is on iTunes, hmm. and I think that that is in large part because people have left so many positive ratings and reviews. Yeah, it makes the show easier to find. Yeah, sure. Um, and that that's a huge thank chunk you. of our yeah, listenership great. coming from one place, which mm. I take as a sign of success from the people who have left ratings and reviews. So thank you all so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's jump into my situation. So. Yeah. This is this is a little rough for me. Um, I have been really gearing up to get a diagnosis. Yep. I really thought that it was around the corner. Yeah. And I finally started to let myself kind of fantasize about it mm. and get ready for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it didn't happen. And instead, something very confusing has happened. <laughs> uh, I finally got my liver results back, my liver biopsy results back, and not only is my uh, copper level not high. It's actually low. (laughs) My my liver copper is low, which was uh, extremely confusing. So I got to back up a little bit and, you know, fill people in here on what's going on. So um, some of this is going to be repeated from what I've talked about with my health before. I'm going to get through it as quick as I can. Mm -hmm. And then I've also shared some of these details on the bonus episodes for the Patreon community that Andy helps me record once a month. Mm -hmm. So about a year ago, I saw a rheumatologist who discovered that my, Copper levels and my ceruloplasmin were both low. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what that meant, so she sent me to a hepatologist because a uh, hepatologist is a liver doctor, yeah and there's a disease called Wilson's disease where you have an accumulation of copper in your body and it can cause all of the symptoms that I experience, you know, yeah. neurological problems, muscle spasms, difficulty talking, difficulty thinking, um, you know cognitive issues, weakness,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, random muscle spasms. it just it fits you know it yeah, fit yeah yeah and even though my copper and ceruloplasmin levels were low what we learned on our first appointment with this hepatologist is sometimes uh when both numbers are low you actually have to put them through a uh, a formula to discover the true number mm-hmm. because so i'm going to explain this probably wrong but what my understanding is that ceruloplasmin is something that binds to copper in your system and if you have too much copper, it can, like, block the amount of ceruloplasmin you have, and then that can actually make the test results inaccurate. Mm-hmm. I think I said that wrong. <laughs> we also have learned since then that the the formula, the equation that my doctor used, she made a mistake.
0: Right. Initially, yeah. we were in the beginning of this journey thinking it was based on the formula that your copper was high.
1: Yeah. She basically told me, like, you have three of the four markers of Wilson's uh-huh. disease. Uh-huh. You have um, abnormal ceruloplasmin. Yeah. Um, And then through her formula, she said, you have high copper. Yep. You have neurological symptoms. We need to find a fourth criteria. Right. Uh, So I went through this whole rigmarole where (laughs) first I had my eyes checked because Wilson's disease can often leave copper deposits in your eyes. I did not have that. Mm -hmm. That took months because I had to... Actually, that that part only took like a month. I'm lying. The thing that took months was that I then had to do a urine test. Yes. Where you collect your urine for 24 hours and you take a chelator. A chelator is something that binds to uh, binds to things in your body, like binds to copper and helps you to flush it out. Yeah. So, I, it's called penicillamine. It's related to penicillin. We thought my whole life that I was allergic to penicillin. Uh-huh. So, I couldn't do this test until I went to an allergist yeah. to have my penicillin allergy-tested, Yes. discovered that I'm not allergic to penicillin. Not anymore. So, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: Or, I don't know, people often, that's a good thing to know, is that people often grow out of their penicillin allergies.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it took months to get in with this allergist. My hepatologist (laughs) told me that she would reach out to the allergist (laughs) and ask to have the appointment moved up. Never did it, so that didn't happen. We waited months. Yeah. I do the penicillamine challenge, and my urinary copper output spikes. Yeah. So... I, I had done a twenty-four hour urine collection to check for copper uh, a long time ago, like at the beginning of this journey, mm-hmm. with the copper stuff, and it was less than five. Mm-hmm. It was extremely low. Yeah. And then when with the penicillamine, it jumped up to like eight hundred and fifty. Yeah. So the the confusing thing is that uh, the range for Wilson's disease is like six hundred to. I think like 2,500.
0: Yeah, it's really huge.
1: So, I was at the low end of the Wilson's disease range, yeah. but the range for normal people yeah. is like 50 to, a, to 800 or something.
0: You were in also in the normal range. You were so in So, I was at the high You're end of the like normal Venn range. in that Venn diagram moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, we did this test and yeah. I saw that my copper had spiked from the urine and I was like, oh my God, I think this is it. Yeah. That's the fourth criteria. Yeah. That's four if my uh, urinary copper goes up with penicillamine, that's the fourth criteria. And I yeah. like I, Andy and I. Like we were in the car when I got this test result, and yeah. I just started crying. Right I know. thought, like, this is yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So I reached out to the doctor. I say, "What's next?" And mm-hmm. she says, "Well, I'm not convinced your copper is high. Um. I'm going to send your results to a specialist and see what he thinks." And then she sent, uh, she forwarded me the email that she sent to this specialist, mm-hmm. and it was really confusing. Yeah. Because it said something like. This guy thinks his copper is high, but I don't think so. I was yeah. like, what?
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> and, like, it, what? and
1: it also said, like... We I, think it's
0: high because you've been telling us. Yeah.
1: It also said, I originally thought his copper was high, but I miscalculated. Right. And this is the first time I ever heard about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that she might have sent this to me accidentally. Sure. Because that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, but so then I asked her about it at my next appointment. I'm like, so what's the deal here? Like, was there miscalculation? She's like, yes, I miscalculated your numbers. Mm-hmm. Your blood copper is actually normal. Uh, your ceruloplasmin is low. Your urinary copper started too low, but now looks like it jumped. But yeah. that is inconclusive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we basically, we, we still only have three criteria. Mm-hmm. Because one of them was a miscalculation. Mm-hmm. So we needed a fourth again. So mm-hmm. I had to do a liver biopsy. Um, yeah. and I'm like you know what it's okay the miscalculation is okay because it got us to the point where we needed to do a liver biopsy yeah. it would have happened that way anyway right. maybe we lost a few months along the way Sure. but it's overall it's like it didn't really change the shape of my journey it just right. kind of made it more confusing yeah so we did the liver biopsy. Well,
0: and in the meantime of the, before the liver biopsy, you started taking zinc.
1: Right. Preemptively right. I also forgot to mention that I also did genetic testing which came back negative. Yeah. And I've seen result I've seen several things online. I don't know what the real number is, but I think that genetic testing is pretty damn accurate. Yeah. So to to not to have Wilson's disease and not have the genetic marker yeah. seems extremely unlikely. Sure. But pos, like there's a small percentage chance that it's possible. Sure. sure. Um so because the because of COVID and everything, like my doctor told me it's going to be months before we can get your liver biopsy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm really struggling over here. I was yeah. going through a really rough period with my health. Mm-hmm. And I, I, she had told me that one of the things you can do for Wilson's disease to, to naturally lower your copper level is to take zinc. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's called zinc acetate. Mm-hmm. There's a specific type of zinc that you can take. Mm-hmm. So I asked her, like, does it make sense? for me to go on the low copper diet and start taking zinc. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a possibility my copper is either too high or too low, and Mm -hmm. we're still trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because that's something that we've been talking about the whole time. It could either be too high or too low Mm -hmm. because the original tests showed it too low. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure out, is that accurate? Right. And we need more criteria to figure that out. Right. Um, And she said that the low copper diet and the zinc should not be powerful enough to make me much worse yeah or or really even to help that much but if i wanted to try it it was something to do while waiting for the liver biopsy right
0: but it wouldn't affect the results or anything like that yeah
1: so i tried it i started the zinc and i went on the low copper diet Mm -hmm. and i felt so much better yeah so much better it was kind of insane
0: it was like
1: i was walking more and my energy was up Mm -hmm. and i could think clearer yeah so much was better Um, so again, I'm like, wow, we found the answer, you know, like taking the thing for the copper is making me feel better. So this must be it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I, you know, I kept calling. I'm like, why am I not getting this biopsy scheduled? Yeah. So I finally called back and got the number to call the biopsy people directly Mm -hmm. and got scheduled for the week after. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. It's like, they just hadn't called me yet because that's how the hospital system works. I guess. Yeah. So I got in for biopsy a week later and I'm like, (laughs) okay, perfect. I'm going to go off the zinc, go off the low copper diet. Yep. And prep for the biopsy. Yep. When I mentioned on the podcast that I had biopsy prep to do, that's what I was referring to. Mm-hmm. I, I was not comfortable sharing on the podcast that I was doing something that was making me feel better because that can it's happened to me over and over where yep. I will try something new and I will feel so much better, but then my body will adapt and I will go back to yep. baseline. Yep. Um, so I was worried that that was going to happen and it's why I didn't share it. And mm-hmm. that is what happened. Yep. So I'm glad I didn't share it until I had the context. Totally. But I got so much worse off of the zinc yeah. and off the low copper diet, prepping for the biopsy.
0: Yep.
1: Um, did the biopsy and mm-hmm. had a really slow recovery from it. Mm-hmm. Went back on the zinc, back on the low copper diet, and did not get better yeah. the way that I was before. Yep. I did not feel better. Yep. And I'm like, well, I just had this biopsy. They just stabbed my liver. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was on all these drugs yeah. while I was doing the liver right. biopsy, right. so it makes sense that it's a slow recovery. We got and then we got the preliminary results back. Mm-hmm. And I still have no idea what they mean. <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: and actually, hold on, let me, I, I have my results here. So I'm going to pull this up and share some of this with you because I do not understand it.
0: Yeah, Jesse was also debating whether he should even record this podcast before understanding these results better. But um, like he said, like, it, it, this was such a big week when we got all the information. And it's like, it's, it's hard to imagine you moving forward with a podcast at this point without giving somewhat of an update, you know? Yeah,
1: I was going to try to wait, but, but I'll, the reason I'm not waiting is because I think that this wait is going to be long. Yeah, I think that we will not have any idea what this means for a while. For a while. I think yeah. that we are actually closing the chapter on this idea of my copper being high yeah. and opening a new chapter, and yes. it could take another year. Yep. You know, it could take longer than that. It could take a month. I have no idea. But, yep. but yeah, my brain, I, I, like I said at the beginning, I'm having a hard time Moving forward, yeah, and I feel like I needed to do this for my own benefit. Totally. So here we are. yeah, Um. So, okay, I, I, there's, so I'm not even going to read the whole thing. I don't understand it, but um, mild patchy lymphohistocytic portal inflammation. I don't know what that is. Uh, without significant plasma cells or interfa- interface activity, there is focal mild duct- ductular reaction. But no evidence of lymphostatic cholangitis or coleostasis. Uh-huh. Um, there's a couple things that are not there. No, uh, there's a type of fibro- fibrosis, granulomas, none of those. Um, so, let's see. Negative for this, negative for that. There is iron stain demonstrates increased cup for cell staining without significant... <laughs> hepatocyte accumulation. And I'm like, what does any of this mean? Yeah. So then it, it kind of summarizes. Overall, the findings are nonspecific, but could be suggestive of a mild hepatic pattern of injury. The differential includes drug, injury, and infection. Um, it says the iron accumulation in for cells is suggestive of secondary iron over- overload. Uh, there is no fatty change typical of Wilson's disease, although that can have many different uh, histological histologic appearance, and then it says, you know, per clinician request, we're sending this out for copper quantification to further evaluate Mm -hmm. for Wilson's Mm -hmm. disease. Um, And then it took a couple more weeks to get the final result from the copper quantification, which says that uh, the liver tissue has 11 micrograms of copper. Um, I think MCG slash G's. I think that's micrograms. I actually don't know. It's 11. The number's 11. And I looked it up. The normal range is 15 to 50. Mm-hmm. And the Wilson's range is like 250. Yeah. So definitively, I, my liver is not copper overloaded. If anything, it's slightly low. Right. And I also have all sorts of other weird things that I don't understand. And it's they're all mild. Right. But there's like this this inflammation and this other stuff. I, I showed my brother-in-law, who's a nurse. He's like, mm-hmm. I have no idea yeah. what this means. Yeah. Um. And he even said that, you know, livers can take a real beating and, liver, you know, liver damage mm-hmm. can be really severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he even said, like, this could be nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it seems like there's something going on in my liver. Yeah. Um, but what that is, we have absolutely no idea, like no idea whatsoever. <sighs> yeah. And then after getting the preliminary results, I was like, wow, there's some sort of pattern of liver damage happening. Hopefully it's copper, you know? Cause yeah. that's a very treatable, yeah, that would be the answer, and then we can just start treatment, mm-hmm. but then this you know a week later we get the results that no, it is absolutely not copper, right, so right now we're my doctor has not responded to this. It's been, you know, what three or four weeks since my biopsy. <laughs> yeah, she's not going to respond. She's yeah. been, and, and uh, you know, she's been really bad at getting back to me about things this whole year. Mm-hmm. But we have an appointment with her in a, in a week and a half, two weeks.
0: Yeah, that you made on your own accord. I yeah, mean, she didn't do any follow up work whatsoever. None.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you know, I'm at the point where I'm really ready to bring in another hepatologist. Yes, if I have to continue with a hepatologist, which right. I might because it looks like something is going on in my liver. Right. Um. So I'm of two minds about this. One is like. They found something, I think, Yeah. you know, I, I need a like, doctor to tell me that they found something still to really believe that, um, because I still don't know, like, is this something or not?
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: then the other side of it is like, just shock that th- that it's, yeah. it's the opposite of what we've been expecting. Yeah. And now nothing makes sense anymore. It's like, why did I feel better on the zinc? Yeah. Uh, why did I feel better on the low copper diet? Mm-hmm. what is causing my copper to be low, which mm-hmm. is something that we haven't even talked about. Because mm-hmm. now I have three markers of low copper. You yeah, know? yeah, uh, right. Now, like that blood copper and the ceruloplasmin being low, we're not, we're not multiplying those anymore. Those yeah. are low. Yeah. Those are actually low.
0: Right, so, right. So
1: I have no idea what that means. I know. Um, and, and now it's like, if there's some sort of inflammation in my liver... Do I have like an autoimmune disease? Like, what's going on? I have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. So... My my state of being undiagnosed is is hardcore right now. Like, yeah. I feel like hardcore undiagnosed. Yeah,
0: yeah. I feel more just undiagnosed
1: like, than I did a couple of weeks it's ago. It's like
0: all these question marks are now just popping up. And like, it was one big question mark. And now I feel like it's a bunch of little like, question mark, question mark, what's this? Does this, yeah. this mean anything? As opposed to like, we have no idea. Now it's like, okay, what does this mean? Yeah. And where could it lead us next?
1: Yeah, now I'm just trying to make sense of everything. It's like, why did I feel so much better on the zinc? And I, I did a little bit of reading and saw that zinc can help with liver function. Mm-hmm. So maybe zinc is helpful, but at the same time, zinc also helps get copper out of your body. And if my yeah. copper is low, then that doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's a question I have for the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also said like, Differential diagnosis includes drugs and infection. So, infection is not something that we've been looking at at all. Mm -mm. You know, I was um, misdiagnosed with Lyme disease at one point, but since, like, there was one doctor that thought I had Lyme disease and everyone else disagreed. Yeah. And then when I switched medical centers, everyone still disagreed there. Uh So, that's not something we've really looked at. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like the inflammation in the liver, I don't know if that could be possible, possibly autoimmune something or not. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I making that up because I have no idea. But yeah. when I see inflammation, I think of autoimmune disease. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the only drug that I use is cannabis. You know, and to my knowledge, cannabis cannot cause liver damage. Look at Snoop Dogg. So
0: <laughs> back, back to Snoop. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We. So we really don't know. And. And I, I really do feel like we're about to embark on a whole new journey that I never expected to be on. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I'm really struggling to let go of this idea that I was about to get diagnosed. Totally. And not just diagnosed, but diagnosed with something completely treatable Yeah. that I could start treatment right away. And I was fantasizing about the summer and, you know, we, we go to Tahoe every year and mm-hmm. just thinking about, like, what if I am diagnosed by tahoe Mm. you know it just changed it would change everything Mm -hmm. and having to pick this weight back up of not having any idea and i'm just like really feeling the anxiety of it again and yeah just not feeling great (laughs) yeah
0: it sucks Um,
1: but i've gone off of the low copper diet and i I put all these foods back in that i was missing so that's been a comfort Mm -hmm. i went off of the zinc and it's been so weird because, like, when I when I went back on the zinc, I did not feel better at all. And then when I went off the zinc, I did not feel different. So it's it really feels like that thing where when I try something new, my body's like, oh my god, yay, yeah. something new. Let's let, let's put some energy into this and try this out. And then yeah. it doesn't pan out yeah. over time, and my body's like, ugh, I'm sick of trying, and then just gives yeah. up. Is what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and i I mean it's possible that there's like a mental component of like me being excited about trying something new mm. uh, and I'm still always in my head about like what if I'm making this all up but we also ha- new, now have new stuff to look at mm-hmm. on my in my liver which uh which doesn't seem to be normal but like I'm not a liver doctor so I don't know what is within the range of of, of normal human function. But, yeah. I you know, I haven't been drinking anything in five years. Right. And like I said, the only drug I use is cannabis. Yep. And I'm not on any opiates anymore or, Mm-mm. you know, anything like that. So, yeah, I, I just, I have no idea. I have no idea. And it's just so disturbing to have no idea what's going on in my own body. It's just yeah. like, you'd think I'd be used to it by now. And no. and I kind of get into a groove where I get used to it, mm-hmm. but I've just been, you know, it's like the record has skipped mm-hmm. and you find out the record you were listening to is not a record at all. It's actually a potato. <laughs> You've just been like, you put a potato in your record player and it makes noise and you thought it was a record, uh, but it's not, it's a potato. It's a
0: freaking potato in there. Yeah. <sighs> it sucks. It just really sucks. Yeah. I like, I I, 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 there's no two ways about it, you know? Um, Like, of course, we are going to keep looking. And of course, like, it's good in some ways that we have some more information, although we don't know how good that is, or how not, you know, it's like, but ultimately, yeah, it just kind of sucks. And that's, like, I don't know, something Jesse and I have been working on is how to support each other through distress. And Jesse's really good. Like he knows exactly what I need when I feel those things. And I'm still learning what Jesse needs. And a big (laughs) part of what he needs is just to like, he needs not to have it be made better or like to see the bright side or, you know, like, because you'll get there. You're not someone who wallows, really. But you need a moment to be like, yeah, this really sucks. And yeah, it's so disappointing. And it's so hard to think that you it's so uh, actually on the day we found out I was listening to this meditation about disappointment after we found out because I was just trying to work through my own feelings about it and how I really I mean that's the other thing is like I really don't want your health journey to be about me and in order to support you best I have to process through my own emotions in order to show up for you so I'm still learning that balance but one thing that really is helpful as when I like take a breath and like just sit with myself. And I put on this meditation about disappointment and it was talking about how when we're disappointed, we're often like living in a future that we had a vision about that didn't come true or wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, being in the present moment is a really good tool to help solve disappointment. But the problem with that is that like when the present moment is still so uncertain and you're still in so much chronic pain and, you know, that's really hard. And, um, yeah, I think, I think I actually went down the road of what if you got a diagnosis a little less than you this time? Um, I don't know why, but, Maybe because I wanted to give you the space to do that, and I think, like, I wanted to balance, maybe, or I don't know, I'm not sure, but...
1: Yeah, because I usually don't do that.
0: Exactly, and and I do. I just couldn't
1: help it this time. I just, I thought this was it. I really did. You know, like, I, it really felt like the rug got pulled out from under me, because (sighs) my intuition all along has been that this was it. Like the first time that my copper numbers came back abnormal, I'm like, Oh my God, finally, Mm. finally we found it. Mm. But it could, it could be, we still have no idea what that means. Yeah. A year later. Yeah. And they're not off by that much, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and and I don't understand how my copper could be low and my urinary output could be high with the penicillamine. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense to me. Um, and I, my doctor has not been able to provide me any answers. And we have not talked to her since these results came back. But I'm really... I don't have any trust in this relationship with this doctor. Yeah. You know, I, I love my primary care doctor. And yeah. um, I have so much trust in him. And that's an amazing feeling. But he's got to send me to these specialists because I'm like out in the weeds with these rare diseases now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really just... I I just have no idea what's next, you know. I and I I have a very strong feeling that what's going to be next is that my doctor is going to say I I've never seen this before. I have no idea what this means. Mm-hmm. Like that that's what I think is going to happen, and that it's going to be like okay, well they said the differential is drugs or uh, infection. So w- tell me about the drugs that you take. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling very sure that that's coming. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then potentially that I'm going to go see some infectious disease specialists mm-hmm. and start with that from scratch Hmm. and maybe go see an autoimmune specialist and start with that from scratch. And Mm. I'm going to have to go back through my whole life history over and over again and just do this again again. and again and again. Um, and I really just think that that's what's next. And that it's like, like the closing of one chapter and the opening of another.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's like, it's like you finish the Lord of the Rings, and all of a sudden you get to the Scouring of the Shire, and you're like, "There's a lot of book left here. I thought this story was over." Um, yeah, and that's why they cut it out of the movie because you don't need it. Yeah, you know, we're I'm in, I'm now in the Scouring of the Shire. I yeah, hope.
0: you're ready. You're ready. Yeah, t- for your t- towards the ending chapter. I yeah. hope, but we
1: don't even know. Like, I could, we be, don't know. I could be in chapter two of 12 right. and well, have no idea. Like, I have no idea where yeah. I am in this journey.
0: Yeah, and what's hard about this one, and I think why it totally makes sense that you invested more in this being true, is because for so long, we've been looking for this smoking gun, and yeah. all the test results come back, and there's nothing irregular in the test results. So it's like, okay, maybe it's this, maybe it could be this. But finally, there were test results that was like, oh, oh my gosh, Here's the smoking gun. Yeah. And now it's that freaking potato. It's like a smoking potato. It's like maybe yeah. this thing is something that's been off in your body, but maybe it's still not the answer. Or maybe it's, you or, know. Or it's, it's a like,
1: byproduct of something else. Yeah.
0: Or a byproduct yeah. of you trying to treat for a disease you don't know you if what it is, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think about all of those supplements you took with that naturopath oh, and God. like I, I think of, the, the
1: year of antibiotics for the Lyme yes, disease
0: yes and and then you know you you did go on that iron you know there was a the thing about iron, iron in your liver yeah and so you know I mean I think that there's so many factors that could be leading to that or it could be something that's a clue to the to get to the bottom of what the root of this is yeah and how do you know you have to have a doctor that's willing to like look into it and and at least check things off the list of like, yeah, no, it's not this infectious disease, or yeah, no, it's not this um, autoimmune thing or yeah. whatever.
1: And in my experience, 99.9% of doctors are not willing to do that. Right. It, they're just not willing. It's just like, oh, you got a weird thing? This isn't my area. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what to do. And yeah. when when it's no one's area... What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's how I feel over and over. And I finally felt like I was in someone's area yeah. with this copper thing. Yeah. You right. know, like totally. I had a specialist who was telling me stuff that I'd never heard before. Mm-hmm. And we were doing tests. And it seemed like she knew what was going on. Uh, but it's just all kind of falling apart. And not only that, right. but to find out that, like, one of the, one of the main points of evidence that we were holding on to was a miscalculation was a little rough too. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I, I don't have trust in this doctor anymore. So I, you know, e- even if there is a problem with my liver, I still want to try to get another hepatologist Yeah, just to get someone else on board. Well,
0: and ideally to get the process going a little bit faster, like yeah. we are. Yeah. I, it, it just takes so long to discover nothing. Yeah. And that is really infuriating. Yeah. And yeah, it's, and like the the lesson of patience and the, like, it's just, it's really exhausting. It's really hard. And, and I'll say like, for me, I still, I'm still really excited about the things we can do and the, like our lives and this summer and everything, not having a diagnosis. Like, I know those things can be wonderful and I'm so excited then to do them with you in whatever way that can look. But it's hard not to, like, envision, like you were saying, like, a way that it can look when when yeah. these, like, things are being dangled in front of you, you Especially know?
1: when I just had a taste of feeling better when I first went on the Zen. I know,
0: I know, Which is the other thing, it's just so confusing, because
1: I don't, I don't think that I can fake that, you know? Like, I don't think that there's anything that I can do mentally that will change that. Like, I, I... You know i have been in a great mental space and not felt good and been in a horrible mental space
0: and, felt, and felt great fine yeah yeah
1: like it just goes up and down so much it just feels so outside of my control i know and yeah. i just want to be able to take something that makes me feel better consistently yeah and it's still possible that there is something to it like that like zinc helps with liver function or something which sure. i looked up and that apparently is true but according to the internet. Uh, everything helps with everything and hurts everything. So who knows what's true, you know, like, it's just, you know, this is why, this is why I don't think it's a great idea to, to, you know, research your own stuff too heavily. Yeah. Uh, Because like when I try to find out like, can cannabis hurt your liver? Mm -hmm. I found articles that say yes and no. Mm -hmm. So I, I, and how am I supposed to know which one is right? Yeah. There's, you know, um, it's just like real, it's just maddening. So I, I'm at the point where it's like, okay, the good news here is that there seems to be something on the test this time, mm. which is still kind of novel for me, you mm-hmm. know? Like, this copper thing for the past year has been slightly off, and we've been trying to track it down. But this liver thing is like, okay, well, this is off in a, in a new way, and this is strange. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for the doctors that listen to the show, I'm thinking of summer here. Yeah. <laughs> or if, you know, anyone with, like or like India, anyone with medical training... Um, if what I said about what I got on my results makes sense to you, please reach out to me and let me know. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, like I said, I'm about to see my doctor soon. But, you know, any information that I can be armed with for that appointment would be good. Of like, what specialists do I need to go to now, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know? And then I also now, I have this feeling that I've never had before that like there's a bit of a ticking time bomb living inside of my body, you know? Mm -hmm. And luckily all of this... Is mild, like yeah. the, the liver damage that they found is mild, mm-hmm. but it is not it is not a good thing to find out that you have a a potential pattern of liver damage going mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. for for no known reason. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's really disturbing me, and I'm I'm that is not sitting well. And I, I've had this burning feeling at the top of my stomach for at least a year and a half, I'd say. And I I saw a gastroenterologist for it. They thought it might be, you know, uh, what's it called? Acid reflux. Acid reflux. Tried every medication you can for that. Made no difference. Mm -hmm. And then when I was on the table for the liver biopsy and they start feeling around my liver to put the needle in, it's right where I've had this burning Mm -hmm. feeling for Mm -hmm. like a year and a half. I'm like, that's where my liver is. Are you serious? Ugh. I've been pointing to that and saying this hurts yeah. for a year and a half, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, let's let's uh, check your acid reflux." Yeah. And I looked that up as well, and you know, I, I don't know if this is <laughs> something you should look up or not, but it do- it does say that like, oftentimes, uh, well, the liver has no pain receptors in it, mm-hmm. but if you have like inflammation around the liver or anything like that, it can cause a burning sensation in the front, middle, upper stomach right below the rib cage exactly where i've been having this pain hmm. and then also like my my alt and my calcium have been climbing very slightly it's mm-hmm. like right in the yellow now it went from the green to the yellow mm-hmm. it's a little high mm-hmm. and alt I, I think is a uh, liver enzyme that can be indicative oh, yeah. of yeah. Uh, liver damage right. and mine is very very slightly elevated right. but it that changed recently so it's like yeah. something <sighs> seems to be going on in my liver now yeah and it It's like, okay, now we're seeing something, but there's still nothing being done. There's still no action being taken. Mm -hmm. I'm still just like waiting with this thing potentially breaking down. It's like, do I have to go into liver failure for you people to do something? Mm -hmm. You know, like that feeling is just so upsetting. So I'm obviously not in the best place this week. Like I I do a pretty good job of keeping a lid on my impatience and my fear Mm -hmm. and my stress around my health situation. But... I can't do that all the time no. especially when I don't feel like I have any support. Yeah. Uh medically right. and you know I'm really feeling that in this moment and I'm probably it's probably going to be a couple weeks before that gets alleviated at all when I hear from my doctor. But every other doctor on my team when I get test results they read it and write to me. Yeah. Every single other yeah. doctor.
0: Yeah, it's insane.
1: Yeah, it's so it's very disturbing to have like one of the most uh, invasive, important tests that I've done to still have no context. Yeah, you know, three weeks after. Yeah,
0: it's not. Or it's however not, long it's been. Yeah, it's. Um, it's
1: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, not in the best place. No, and I wasn't. I, I, I feel a little bit weird recording this episode because I have no idea what's next. This is like an update of I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I, I really felt like I couldn't do a normal episode of the show this week. Totally. I just didn't. I just didn't have it in me.
0: Well, and I think this audience probably really can appreciate the ups and downs of being on a chronic health journey and um, chronic pain and chronic health challenges. Like they, they, it isn't, it's not like this little perfect path that leads you directly to your diagnosis. And you, you know, like that part of why this podcast is so necessary is because It isn't straightforward. It isn't simple. It's not a satisfying tiny little bow that you can tie up and tie up and say, and then I was diagnosed and I got better and da, da, da. That's not everyone's story. And or it's if it is someone's story, all of the journey it takes to get there and all of the knocking on doors and the constant persistence and self-advocacy it takes, like it's so important to know that that work is being done and it's hard and it sucks and it's worth doing, but it's not just, it's not a simple path and the medical system has a lot of faults in it. And while I'm so grateful for it too, I really do want to say that. And yeah. for the medical community, especially at this time, um, it's a really challenging thing to navigate when you don't fall into a a typical box.
1: Yeah, and that, I'm glad you said that because that is so important. I mean, I have so much empathy And appreciation for our medical system and Mm -hmm. the monumental efforts that they have taken to try to keep the public safe during Mm -hmm. COVID. Yeah. And... Like when I had testicular cancer, I I, got, I received incredible care. Yeah, it's like when they know what's going on and they know what to do. It's Absolutely. amazing. It is. Yeah. It's 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 like scientific miracles. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. But when they don't know what's going on and they don't necessarily believe you because they don't have test results mm-hmm. and they're busy with other people that make more sense than you do. <laughs> yeah. And you're kind of asking a lot of questions and like oh, there's nothing they can really do for you and they're you're they're kind of getting annoyed. You you fall into this like black hole Mm -hmm. that it's just like so much gravity trying to keep you in it and getting out of it is, is feels just so impossible. And I obviously haven't figured it out yet. Like I haven't gotten there and I, for so long I thought, well, I'm just going to like experiment on myself and figure this out on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like research everything that could cause chronic pain and Mm -hmm. try everything. And I've done it, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been through it and I am still having the rug pulled out from under me with, having absolutely no idea what's going on. So I no longer think that that's even a good idea to do. It's like, if you want to go to um, medical school to do it, maybe, uh-huh, uh-huh. but like, I, I and I'm wondering, like, what, what harm did I cause myself? Like you were saying before, mm. uh, by trusting people that I necessarily shouldn't have trusted. Mm. Um, you know, I, I still have trauma around seeing that naturopath that yeah. we've talked about before. Yeah, but yeah. the last time I heard from him, he wrote to me and said, it was after I'd stopped seeing him, and I, you know, I saw this guy who really sold me on this idea that he could cure me. And that he knew special things that doctors didn't know. And
0: Other doctors, yeah,
1: yeah. That that like medical doctors the didn't Western, know. Western, yeah. yeah. There's like secrets that they're keeping, and you know, kind of conspiratorial stuff. Bit, yeah. And I bought into it for a while, and mm-hmm. I really felt like this guy could cure me.
0: Yeah, and well, that was your experience with the medical system too. Was yeah, exactly like, it felt yeah. aligned? Of like, yeah, they they must be. There must be things that are untapped here and secrets that are under the rug because the way that they're treating me is so weird
1: yeah so i really bought into it and Mm -hmm. felt a little bit better at first and got so excited but then i started to get worse and worse under his care Mm -hmm. and he wasn't he kept telling me you know like you have to get worse in order to get better and i believed that too for a long time and eventually i was like i'm getting way worse yeah like this does not feel good and i think i need to stop and i started developing some like new symptoms that were not good and So, I finally stopped uh, seeing him. That's when I went back to UW Medical Center. Um, Well, I went back to traditional medicine, starting over at the UW, and found my primary care. And that's Mm -hmm. when we started to finally make some progress. We found this copper issue. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that, I heard from my old naturopath saying, hey, I just started seeing someone who has a copper overload. And it got Mm -hmm. me thinking about you, Mm -hmm. and that you might have Wilson's disease, Mm -hmm. and you should start taking zinc. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the last thing I heard from him. And I was like, oh man, did he like pull it out at the, yeah. like, after it was over? Yeah. Did he finally figure me out? Yeah. Um, and that's been on the back of my mind. But now it's like, no, your copper's low. Yeah. You don't have Wilson's disease. I know. At all. Yeah. And, and what's wrong with you? No idea. But yeah. now it's like, okay, everything that this naturopath ever told me was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I put so much trust in him. Yeah. You know, I put yeah. my life in his hands yeah. and he just made me worse. Mm-hmm. So. I I actually I've been thinking about writing him a letter and and telling him like I like you know the certainty with which you told me you could fix me and the advice that you gave me to stop seeking a diagnosis and just let you fix me you know caused me some real harm yeah and you were wrong about everything you know like mm-hmm. we have proof that everything that you had theorized is incorrect like mm-hmm. he thought that I had this um you know I, I had these like mucus cysts in my sinuses and he thought that it was this like pocket of bacteria that was stagnant and making me ill Mm -hmm. and that it was like he described it like a jawbreaker Mm -hmm. of like hard material that forms in bacteria around bacteria and when i had my uh sinus surgery to correct a deviated septum you know i was like well can you get rid of those cysts while you're in there and he's like sure sure no problem and i asked him after my my uh my ent my ear nose and throat doctor who Who's is great. fantastic yeah absolutely fantastic doctor who i love
0: yeah
1: um he's like oh yeah no those mucus cysts, i just pop them and they they just you know dissolve and wash away and that's yeah. it okay that's not a jawbreaker of bacteria you know yeah. like, uh
0: and also it obviously was not the cause of your challenges yeah that's been gone
1: for a year and a half yeah, or whatever yeah 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 so i don't know we uh, we just keep we just keep going you know we, just we keep, keep going, going. Yeah. i guess that's the message of this like i i yeah. i want this podcast to be hopeful
0: mm. and
1: in moments where your health is out of your control and it is failing you it is very hard to be hopeful yeah but i but i will keep going you know i will keep trying and that's yeah. the best i got today is mm-hmm. that i'm not going to give up i'm going to keep trying and if i never solve it then I never solve it. Yep. And I will be as happy as I can be and live the best life I can. And I'm going to keep trying. And that's all I got this week.
0: And that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Well, thank you all for coming on this journey. Yeah, thank you. I obviously had some things to say. I needed to vent a little bit. Totally. Um, I've got some really great episodes already recorded. Um, we have our youngest ever interviewee at fifteen years old hey. coming up next week, yeah, talking about a disease I'd never heard of before, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a you know people reaching out to me wanting to come on the show, I just heard from someone new today. I've got several more lined up, so, yeah, you know. Whatever else is going on, this show is a source of comfort and joy for me and I hope it is the same for you. Yeah. And let's keep it going.
0: Let's keep it going. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening uh, and thank yeah. you Andy for joining me. My pleasure. I didn't ask you any questions this time. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. No. I mean, you didn't need to. I I you know, I really appreciate you being open and willing to talk about what you're going through right now because it isn't easy and it's not simple and it's not this like, whoo! Here we go. This is an easy thing to talk about, and so just to trust me enough to to join you in this conversation is really wonderful.
1: Well, I trust you with everything except for interpreting my liver biopsy results.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I don't want I don't but want to have to do that.
1: Literally everything else. Yeah, I trust you. Thank you the most. Thank and uh, you know, and we just got back from visiting my family, which yeah. was fantastic. I got this news yeah. when I was surrounded by family, and it yeah. was you know it was good to be with them and totally. you know, we had a really great trip. We did. Um, and yeah, like I said earlier, I, I normally don't like to solicit advice on my own journey yeah. because normally the advice I get is completely inapplicable and drives me crazy. Yeah. But if you have a medical degree and what I said about my results makes sense to you, yeah, please let me know if you have any thoughts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, any ideas about what I should do next because I'm just swimming in you know murky water at this point. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything medically about how cannabis affects the liver, mm. I'm trying to figure that out. you know <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is a moment where I could use a little help and support, so yeah, um, yeah write to me MajorPainPodcast at gmail dot com
0: yeah. And also, if you do like listening to conversations between Jesse and I, or you have any topics or questions you want us to specifically speak on, um, that's what we do once a month on uh, the Patreon podcast. Um, And you can be a Patreon member for as little as $2 a month. No pressure. If If that is not something that's feasible for you, absolutely. This is not like trying to hard sell you on anything just wanted to mention it if you enjoy these types of conversations yeah we we have a lot of
1: fun on the patreon chats yeah it's really great
0: and and i have a lot of fun engaging with the community and and hearing what people are questioning about or interested in hearing about so um Yeah. yeah it's been really wonderful i just feel really grateful for this community as well absolutely
1: well thank you all so much for listening uh, and we'll just keep on going
0: yeah <laughs> we are we All right.
1: Can. well we'll see you all next week bye thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain I'm Jesse Mercury your host and the producer of this podcast artwork by Egg Salad Salad our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth pop album available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons, Naomi Adele Smith, Sunny Roberts, Laura Stevens, Brooke Walters-Schmidt, Kelsey Mattson, and All Around Foundation Waterproofing, and our $25 per month producers, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, and Trish O'Brien. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash Podcast.